Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? It is Thursday. I'm looking out the window. It's a very cold, bleak, grey Thursday. But never mind. Inside, keep warm. Stay safe. Um, and hello. How are you doing? Now, there are a lot of new subscribers and listeners to the podcast. So sit yourself down, get yourself a nice hot cup of tea or whatever you like and dive through the back catalogue. There are loads and loads and loads of episodes to choose from. And uh, you don't have to take them in order. You dive in where you want. Go with people you know, maybe hunt out people that you don't know, all incredible, interesting people, beautiful, sometimes funny, sometimes heartbreaking, but hopefully really enjoyable and entertaining nonetheless. Uh, Speaking of enjoyable... It seems the whole of the nation is gripped to one thing and one thing only right now, and that is season six of Line of Duty. So it seemed the perfect time to welcome on to the Two Shot podcast a certain gentleman who has had uh, the public screaming and possibly throwing things at the television every Sunday night at nine o'clock on BBC One. Uh, for the past few weeks, and it's Gregory Piper. Now, if I say Gregory Piper, you go, Craig, I don't know who that is. If I say PC Ryan Pilkington, then you're certainly going to know who it is. Um, It's really interesting. I've wanted to get Gregory on for ages because he started out as a child actor. And we get into it in 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 the discussion. It's very rare that you would start off as a child actor in a show playing a certain character because a lot of the time, if they bring a character back when they're older, they would recast, and it's just you know it's just the way it is. It's it's no um, fault of of the young actor. I mean, you know, sometimes their child acts they don't carry on. They don't want to do it anymore. Sometimes timing doesn't work well. Timing did work for Gregory Piper because he came back in season five, and he came back with a huge explosion in season six. And, uh, yeah, you'll just get to hear what an absolutely gorgeous gentleman he is, someone who really cares about what he does, who's very passionate, who's very grateful, and um, has grabbed this part with both hands, I think. I'm immensely proud of him. I thought he's uh, absolutely knocked it out of the park. I think he's done it brilliantly every Sunday, and he deserves all the success that, no doubt, is coming his way. Um, so should we get down to it? Let's do it. Hopefully you're up to date. If you're not up to date with season six of Line of Duty, don't listen to this because there are spoilers. But let's face it, it isn't up to date. Let's get to it. This is the Two Shot Podcast with the incredible Mr. Gregory Piper. Greg, we've finally done it. We've finally connected. And after all these weeks of terrifying the nation... Ryan, young Ryan, after all these years, got his comeuppance. He did. Um, how's it all been, mate? I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I don't really talk about 
uh, work and stuff on on this podcast, and we'll get to the pressing subject, which is you. But <laughs> we can't not talk about the fact that the nation has been and continues to be completely gripped by by what everybody <laughs> and Jed is delivering. Has it all been a bit? Has it been a whirlwind for you? It's been crazy. Yeah, it's been amazing. The response has just been so so lovely. Like I've had so many positive comments. Like. It's just been really, really nice. Everyone's been really, really supportive. And, uh, yeah, it's been a bit overwhelming, really. <laughs> well, you just wait till those old women start calling you a bent bastard and start <laughs> hitting you with a handbag when you're going to do... When you go around Sainsbury's. Um, it does happen. I'm passing the nine iron over to you. Uh, <laughs> Thank <apprentice>. you. <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've had a couple of people shouting over bent bastard. <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry. That'll continue. Yeah, it, it sure. still happens to me now. Five years down the line, don't yeah. worry. But generally, <laughs> most pe most people are nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, <laughs> just when you start going back to the pub, just kind of duck out about half past seven before people get a bit larry, and then you, you should be fine. <laughs> you should be fine, brilliant. <laughs> but honestly, mate, congratulations. Um, I mean, what a spectacular cold deadly layered performance beautiful stuff oh mate. thank you beautiful thank you. <laughs> um and i think now more than ever you know the the public have been so invested in this season and they've yeah. been really playing the detective through and through um how was it for you to watch week in week out with the public's reaction yeah it was um like, I, oh, my heart beats out my chest so much when I'm watching it. So <laughs> it feels like almost like a workout, like watching it. Um, but yeah, mm. people's react. I like, s people are so good at figuring out what's going on. Like, there's so many theories, isn't there? And, and some of them you watch and think, wow, they're really, really close. Like, <laughs> it's shocking how close people are. But yeah, it's just, um, it's just amazing. It's really nice that everyone's had that response to Ryan. Like, I'm so glad that it's all come across <laughs> in that way. And how's it been for your poor poor parents to watch <laughs> you do what you do? I mean, such... <laughs> trying to, I've, kept, I've always kept my family in the dark with what's going on, so they're completely watching it like everyone else. And they've been, my, my mum especially, it's been tough on my mum, I could see that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's so much better, you know, watching it and... Uh, find that that way but yeah my poor mom bless her <laughs> well i think let's let's go right back because obviously it's been many years since i've seen you um going back to season one so how did it all come about for you to be joining the show right back in series one when he was terrorizing everybody on his bms yeah 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 so um there was uh, an audition came through. So I, I went to um, drama workshop in Stourbridge and um, there was an audition come through for um, an older guy, an older lad, like 16. Um, but thank, thankfully, my drama teacher pushed me because um, she wanted me to get in the room, which was obviously amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, we um, there was a couple of... Um, people from another workshop as well that we were kind of um like our, our, our drama workshops were kind of linked so then we kind of went and auditioned there and um there was just it was just phenomenal and they were asking for improvisations and things like that so um I just did a load of improvising it was like the first thing I'd ever auditioned for so um 
you know, it was just a mad experience. And, you know, how everyone tells you as an actor, you're going to go through loads of auditions, just do your best and then come away and forget about it. So that's kind of what I did. And then, um, and then, yeah, I just heard the fact that they were, they liked me and I was still in the running. And then I was on holiday in France and I had a call saying that they wanted me. And it was just like, it was just so out of the blue. Like I genuinely was not expecting anything from it. And um, yeah, I, I, t- I got told I got the part. And then that whole series is, at that age was just phenomenal. Like being able to experience something like that, that young was just incredible. Yeah, because how old were you when you first started in season one? I was like 13. I forget. You were 13. Yeah, yeah. I think you looked a lot younger than 13 yeah, when yeah. you started. But but you, but you that character and, and yourself as an actor, you had so much balls and so much confidence yeah, delivering all those lines. Because he was, he, was, he was so awful at that age, wasn't he? He was <laughs> yeah. exactly the type of kid that you cross the road yeah. if he's coming on your oh, side. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to meet up with him. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember sitting down with my mum at the read-through and having to read all of the, uh, the swear words and the lines and stuff like that. And just, like, I remember Neil Morrissey laughing at it because it was just so outrageous of what he was saying. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so was it always, um, when did drama and sort of the acting, when did that come into your life? Was it obviously before then, when you were at school, before you started joining the Sourbridge Workshop? Yeah, it was... Um, it was really in the year six play, like we did Lion King for the year six play. And I just like, so I'm dyslexic. So through school, I was always behind. <laughs> and then when we did the play, it was like I was in front for the first time. It was really weird. Like I really connected with, you know, acting in general and being able to perform out and being uh, confident on stage and it was just the switching point of like, oh, wow, I think I've found something that I really like here. So then mm. I was just trying to follow it up with this drama workshop um, in Stourbridge. And then, yeah, I just and then like it all just completely spiraled from there. It was just absolutely amazing. And then since series one, I was, I've always had in my head like, I know it's crazy about being an actor, but I think I want to do that. Like, I really want to go for that and see how far I can get. And just going back to your dyslexia, how does that impact you when you're learning your lines? Because obviously I know a, a ton of actors who who are dyslexic and they have to really sit down and get to grips with the lines more than anything. Yeah. But also, speaking of lines, you're on a show that's famed for having such complex storylines and 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 big long scenes. Yeah, so, did yeah. you get, do you prepare by giving yourself even more time than usual? Yeah, just yeah, it's it's just processing everything. So, um, as you said, the the Jed scripts are amazing of how you know in detail they are and everything like that. So. It's just as soon as I get them, it's kind of hit the ground running of, okay, okay like, read through it and and just keep going over it and over it and over it. Um, and lines, like, I find it best when you record the lines, you record the other person's lines and then you just keep listening to it and come in. I don't, I don't think I'm too bad with retaining the lines. It's kind of just processing what everything that's going on in the scene. That's what takes me a bit of time to get to grips with and what's going on there. But... Um, I think I'm okay at actually retaining the lines and, and learning them, which I'm quite lucky for. 
Is it? Does that get easier, or do you have your process and it seems to work, so you stick with it? Yeah, um, it does get easier. Like the more you warm up to it, and the more that you're doing it. Like if you have a couple of self types throughout the week, like you're quite on it then. But then if you have a, a little bit of a gap, it seems to be a bit harder to retain the lines and things. Um, I remember going through um, college having whole plays in my head and at the start thinking this is never ever going to stay in my head <laughs> and then at the end you're like oh my god I've done it like I can I can hold all these lines it's pretty magical really I always after every performance that my nan sees she always comes up to me and says like it's amazing how you can remember the lines <laughs> and I think yeah it's, it is mental how everyone does it <laughs> well it kind of is really yeah, isn't it yeah completely but some but it's some. Are you quite good, or one of those that, as soon as you've finished a scene, especially, uh, you know, one of Jed's mammoth scenes, and it's you're moving on, scenes complete. Are you good at throwing that away, or are the lines still kind of swirling around your head for days after? I think swirling around for days after. I think yeah, because yeah, it's all about you know remembering, 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 and then letting it all go. And yeah, yeah, it is. It does stay in your head for quite a bit. You know, yeah. A lot of the time I go over it in the shower. <laughs> I go over any lines over my head in the shower. And then, so then there's a couple of times where I think, what is that? Like, there's sections of a couple of scenes that I've st- kind of stitched together as I'm forgetting it. But yeah, I've, I'm, uh, I hold on to things quite a bit. <laughs> now, you mentioned about auditions there and certainly safe self-tapes. I mean, regardless of uh, whether you... Uh, you know, suffer from dyslexia or, you know, or dyspraxia or whatever. Um, I know a lot of people that find it tough when self-tapes are thrust upon them uh, at, say, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and they go, yeah, we need it by midday the next day. And, oh, what? Yeah. by the way, there's like 8 to 10 pages of dialogue here. Yeah. Um, that's tough as it is. How do you cope with that? Are you good at getting down to it or do you go, because I'm a big believer in if you can't do something to the best of your ability, don't do it because that's yeah. the last thing a casting director is going to see. Well, he, well, he sent this sent in a tape and it was terrible. Well, that's because you gave me about six hours to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm always a big believer in saying, you know, uh, no, I just I, I don't have the time. Yeah. And if I can't do it to to its peak, then there's just no point. Where yeah. do you stand on that? Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Um, yeah, the more obviously the more time you have, the better you can can prepare for something. And um, every time I sleep on lines, I have a noticeable like when I wake up, they're they're way easier to retain. Like you know, so the more times I can sleep on lines, obviously the better. And um, mm. it is a bit; it's very stressful to kind of have that turnover that's really really quick. Um, and I think the same. Yeah, there's been a couple of times where it's been so quick that I think you know, I could have done this so much better if I had some more time, um, which is, and then, and then that makes the, the times that you do have the, have more time to prepare so much nicer. Cause you think, Oh, I'm actually happy with that. I'm happy with where I can leave that now. So. Yeah. And also it, it ceases to become some sort of line learning competition where you can just kind of relax and hopefully start to build some sort of character. From yeah, scratch, yeah. Even though it's obviously very early days. Yeah. Totally. Um, I just want to get, we need to go back. And I know, again, I say, I say it all the time, we're not talking about work, but I have to, I have to know. Because um, when did you certainly have initial conversations that Ryan was going to 
start to be making a comeback because there was ma- obviously many years and in a way it, I mean I'm so pleased that the stars aligned because you did do such a phenomenal job from season one to season six but in theory they could have just recast and got and got anybody for that couldn't they yeah completely so when, yeah. When, when were the, when were the talks in place with you and Jed so um it was so I I recently got with um someone that's connected with Starbridge Workshop as well. I recently um paired with him and he what he he kind of acted like my agent. So he he wasn't actively seeking out work, but he'd kind of represent you. So it was amazing that I I had him and he, he Ross was it was just um it was like perfect timing to have him because I don't know if they would have found me if I didn't have him. So then it just came literally like one day I was at college rehearsing for a play and on my phone was, oh my God, line of duty are getting in touch about, about, about Ryan. And, you know, completely out of the blue, like it really, really took me as a surprise. And then it was, yeah, okay, obviously we need to find out if you still act, like, do you still do this anymore? (laughs) Well, of course, because that's the thing. So many um, child actors go, well, I did it for a time being, but there's more important things now. Or I've I've got rid of of that, what I wanted to do. I've got more important things or my my desires have changed and my wants and needs have changed. It's very, it's, it's. It's, it is quite rare that, yeah. that child actors sort of carry on. So then I felt very eager to kind of show them, no, no, I'm still, I'm still here. I still really want to do this. So then um, Ross wrote a scene and I performed the scene um, as a self-tape and sent that off to try and prove that, you know, you know I'm still doing this. Um, yeah. And um, I just had a really, really positive response from that. And, they were, and, and I suppose that they were thought, oh, okay, he's, he's still still following acting. So then they got me in for kind of... So I met with John Strickland and Jed again in the room. Lovely, um, yeah. With Daniel as well. So And then that was really nice. It was very surreal to kind of meet those those people again. <laughs> um, and then we just went over a couple of the... Uh, a couple of the scenes and kind of locked in where Ryan was at that point. And then that was, that's what those um, those meetings were about, you know, meeting in person so yeah very very surreal and were you told in those initial meetings um the sort of the journey that ryan was going to be taking at that point because this was we're talking about coming back in season five now aren't yes we? yeah right so were you aware that you know he was going to be for all intents and purposes you know the new caddy not necessarily at that point like we knew that he, because um, you get you get episodes one to four, and then five and six. So then the ends are always you don't know the ends when you when you first start out. So I knew yep, that he tell was. Tell me about it, mate. Yeah, tell me about yeah, it. completely. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, you you, I, I had the fact that he was back and he was in the OCG and things like that, and then, and then as it just it just it was again it was really surreal. Like as it started to come out, the fact that okay that the OCG are hiding the fact that it was Ryan that have, that's that's committed some of the murders and things like that and kind of hiding him and then leading up to the end of that uh, season where he's going back into the police force. It was just so, so surreal. It was just so exciting. Like, oh my God, that's what he's doing. That's what he's there for, you know. You can kind oh, of imagine was... all those things, but then when it's actually on the script, it's just so exciting. 
I mean, it was an incredible image towards the end of um, season five when you see him and he's there and he's going he's, he's, he's gonna to be a PC. This yeah. is it. He's, they've put him back in place. It's, it's the circle of the OCG life. It's yeah. happening all over again. Yeah, and yeah, no yeah. one's seeming to stop it. It was very exciting because it's such a subtle scene because yeah. there was no lines. It was just, we just saw an image of you there. Yeah. Um, you had so much... In, in, you had so much incredible scenes to film in season six, but that reservoir scene, I mean, talk me through that. Was that uh, a couple of nights, couple of nights shoot? Because you're in a, were in a water tank there for quite a long time. So, yeah, there was three nights, night shoots, and then there was a, a day, the very last day of filming was in the Titanic studios, and then that was yeah. in a tank. Um and the tank was lovely because it was warmed. It was heated. So <laughs> really like the tank. Could stay in the tank all day. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the night shoots were just... were. It was so much fun because, you know, the scale of it and everything. And you get in uh, spoken to about the stunt with the car because they shot that before. Of how the car mm. was going and how exciting that was. And, you know, they showed it you. And oh, it was just so... You know, being on set, it was just amazing to, you know, you get your adre- your adrenaline's pumping. Um, and then, yeah, and then, um, so then they had this big platform underneath the water, big square platform, and that's kind of where all the action happened. Um, so you were, you were, you got um, uh, talked through the, the platform and how at the end was the car and, and that was kind of rigged to, to sink. So you get told all this and then you go through it. So the very first thing I shot was emerging from the water and then swimming back. And um, I remember um, on the edge of the water, kind of jumping up and down, trying to get warm before (laughs) going in because we kept getting warm. It's going to be really cold, (laughs) you know, mid-November. So it's going to be really cold. And then, yeah, I remember going under and um, as I was under the water. So, So you have loads of loads of layers on. You have a um, wetsuit and then all the cl- and all the police gear. And so you're quite padded. And then I remember going under and feeling the water kind of trickling in on my back. I was like, oh, my God, this is so cold. <laughs> and then emerging and like at that point, there was no acting needed. I was like already exhausted from it being so cold. So swimming to the shore was just tr- me trying to get to the shore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was just so much fun. You you were in and out of the water quite a lot. Um, and, you know, you'd get warm a little bit and then you were straight back in. But You're back in. Yeah, it was just so, so exciting to film. I just, I love the big stunts. So I was so oh, glad to, I mean, to be involved. The, the, I think the, the, the stunts that, that have always been there, they always used to be like sort of maybe one, possibly two of these incredible set pieces, usually right at the top of yeah. um each season for a setup yeah uh, but now with this i mean you know you've got that massive shootout in the middle that was reminiscent of like heat the michael mann film yeah he's shooting everybody but that scene uh in the turnoff we knew as an audience member something bad is going to happen as soon as he opens that window but yeah we didn't expect that and it got progressively worse i mean it's shocking 
that they drove into the reservoir. But like when you're saying, when Ryan was coming out thinking his job's done, you gave it such an exasperated look to when Tommy popped up and went, yeah. oh, my God, I've got to back and kill that one. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was so brilliant, <laughs> but so shocking. Yeah. And the moments yeah. of the moments of stillness, and I've spoken about this a lot on the, the BBC podcast, the, the moments of stillness and the looks and the stares that everybody gives, but the coldness and the change and the turn that we see in Ryan's character. I mean, yeah, I mean, congratulations to you. I mean, I know people Thank say, you. yes, but it's all there in the script. But, you know, it yeah, takes, yeah. It takes a, a skillful actor to, to elevate that to life. And I thought you, you. you did it such incredibly well, yeah. man. Yeah, it was. It is all in the script, you know, and, it, and the scripts are fantastic. And, um, yeah, so it would be written in the script of, you know, Ryan's as cool as a cucumber. So <laughs> you kind of know the kind the the you know, how Ryan is from all of that, you know. He's he is he's very used to it, isn't it? Like I always think of how mm. Ryan is so much he, he he's scared of anyone. He's scared of the, the, the guys in the OCG, the 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 mystery guys that are there. He's not he's you know, what he's experiencing isn't anything on how he's so scared of them, so that's where he's kind of, you know, where everything comes from for him. So, yeah. Yeah, Ryan's a bad character. <laughs> um, but such a delicious character to get your teeth into, Yeah, I should imagine. You yeah. couldn't really have... It's a real... People always talk about, well, it was a gift of a part. This really is a, a, a true gift of a part. Yeah, totally. Know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, insane of a part. Like, you know, just... You could really feel it as as the as um, through series five and six, like of how much it was ramping up and how like oh, you just think, okay, I've got this amazing opportunity now. You know, you really want to do it justice. So, yeah, yeah. You were talking before about when they got back in touch, um, sort of Jed and, and World, to see if you were you were still on on this path of acting. And you said you mentioned that you were at college. What what I take it you were. What what course was it you were doing at college? Yeah, so um, it was at Dudley College and we did, uh, it was a BTEC course in performing right. arts. So, yeah. um, and then after that, uh, we did a HNC and a HND. Um, and it was on that HNC that we got the call. Um, and we were, I think we were rehearsing for, um, I think we were doing a Shakespeare play, I think. I think it was Macbeth. And... Um, yeah, so, so not 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 the Lion King this time. Not the Lion King this time. We've we've, we've, we've stepped it up. Yeah. We've gone up. To we've upgraded better, right? a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like having a call like that, you just your mind goes blank from what you're doing, <laughs> and all you can think of is, oh my god, I need to get to my phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Over this time, like you know, um, my phone has just been glued to me, like because you know, with 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 everything, like that's how everyone gets in contact with you and stuff, but especially with the response and how social media over the, over social media, I've had just amazing comments and things. And like the first episode for the, well, the second episode. So when Ryan shows up in season six, my phone just, my phone's battery just drained really quickly. Like there was so many notifications. I've never experienced that. Like so many notifications and things. It was just, you know, mind blowing. <laughs> so did you go back and complete your course? Did you graduate from college when you went back and step back into five. Did you, then did you go back into college, or did they give you time off to film? Yeah, no. I we finished college before we were filming. We were right. we were right at the end, so it was uh, probably H and D actually that we were in. But yeah, we finished that. Um, 
through through season one though like my high school was very good in giving me time off because I'd have had a lot of time off for that yeah. and they were very very good yeah. with that you know I had uh, had no problems with my school to be fair so that was you know I was very lucky because that could have been a problem so it sounds like even before you got the call to come back for season five you were very much <clears throat> excuse me um determined that this was you were going to try this as a career anyway yeah definitely yeah I mean yeah just experiencing season one I was just I was quite kind of like set on you know this is this is really some odd you know I could crash and burn but I'm going to really go for this so just having all these opportunities were just insane <laughs> yeah well of course I mean there's always <clears throat> the uh the worry of crashing and burning and you know we all crash and burn and, and fail all the time and yeah it's yeah full of rejection but um, if you've got the mindset that well, at least I've got to try. Yeah. I've got to try and do something that I love and it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah totally. Because um, yeah. we can always fall back onto something else. But yeah, exactly. And there's always that. Well, I could have done. I had an opportunity, or there's a what if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just couldn't like. It was just something I had to try. Like you know, it's not. It's as we all know, it's not the easiest job <laughs> so if you can't no. you know if you could set if you could be happy doing something else i got told that you know you should do that but if you can't let it rest like you should at least go for it so yeah, yeah. definitely and it sounds to me it sounds to me that you had full support and backing of your family yeah totally this. yeah yeah especially through as a kid with series one like my family were very very supportive um and would you know because they all have had uh, time off work to take me and be with me and things like that yeah. so yeah super super supportive um and thank god that they helped me out with the outlet of drama workshop because that you know a lot of it wouldn't have wouldn't have happened with that so well all of it wouldn't have happened with that so yeah they're yeah. super supportive i'm very lucky and have you um gone back to the drama workshop to sort of do any talks for i'm thinking about uh, sort of younger kids in your position, like way back in series one, I think you've probably got a lot of knowledge that you could sort of pass on. For them. Yeah, totally. So um, Esther Stanford, she wanted to move on because she had lots of other stuff that she wanted to pursue. So um, we actually are good friends with her. So we were working with her and she handed over the company to me and my girlfriend. And right. yeah, we felt quite passionate in keeping it going just for those reasons, like having the opportunities that we did. So my girlfriend was also um, got some professional work through workshop with Raised by Wolves. So we felt very passionate to keep that open. So we actually run it now, um, which right. is pretty mental. Yeah. 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 So is that taking up a lot of your time? Are you back? You're obviously not back to doing anything indoors at the moment. You've do, been doing stuff online with the kids. yeah we've done a lot of online stuff all through zoom um and you know we, it's it's really really nice because from a lot of the kids you get oh thank you for being open because i don't know what i would be doing in these you know in these times of everything shutting down so it's really really nice to get that feedback but recently we've been able to open just because our venue is quite big so everyone can space out so we're starting oh, to get that back up so yeah it is fantastic it's uh i mean that's brilliant. gonna be it's gonna be so healthy you know certainly mentally for the for the the kids who rely on these workshops and, and going and seeing the mates and yeah. getting to play in a in a completely different way yeah totally not going so. out to to, to go and have a game of football they're doing yeah. something else that they really really love that's been you know cruelly sort of snatched yeah, and taken yeah, away yeah. from them for such a long time yeah you take it for granted don't you and then 
through all these weird times, it's all been taken away. You know. Yeah, I was I was talking to somebody on set the other day, and we were talking about you know the past year and what was taken away, and the fact that we didn't have any control and we just had to sort of suck it up. But now the fact that uh, we're all back and we're proving that we can, you know incredible production companies you know that i've worked for and like world productions they're putting all these incredible safety measures in place to to show that we can get back to filming in a very safe environment and deliver new telly and my god everybody's crying out for new telly yeah especially now you know and obviously i'm keep coming back to it but i don't think season six could have come at a better time for everybody yeah and it's certainly it's certainly Has it caught fire in a way that you couldn't have possibly fathomed? Yeah, completely, completely. Like, yeah, like, the the response has just been insane. Like, I couldn't have wished for anything better. Like, people hate him, and and that's exactly what you want, you know? But they're also very complimentary of me, which is really, really nice. Um, Yeah. And just the whole, like, especially, again, from being involved through Series 1, it's so nice to see that, like how it is now like if i explain uh, i'm in um line of duty back when i was a kid they'd get it confused with call of duty because they didn't know what it was but then now it's like line of duty everyone knows line of duty it's it's absolutely crazy so it's really nice that um it's got the recognition it needs you know It, it it deserves so yeah and and especially through um with covid and things like that like it was it was mad um back in march when we had to stop and because you just think that nothing will stop this, like this is just a you know a big machine that's you know, but it did it stopped it, and that was kind of a okay like, you know, not that you would take it for granted anyway, but you think oh wow this is really precious that's you know that's being stopped. So then when we came back, and there was all these you know uh, regulations and things in place, and you know Jed was phenomenal with all that type of stuff. Um, it was, you know, you just really wanted to follow it because you were just so determined, like, this is, you know, we really want to finish this, so... But also, not that I've very rarely worked with anybody that isn't grateful to be working, but now more than ever, it's like, oh, thank God. Even people I know who have been doing it for 20 years feel like it's the first job, it's the first day of school and they're back, and they're so grateful to be working. There's There's such a fantastic atmosphere. I mean, I... I think some of, most of us are really lucky to have that atmosphere on set anyway, yeah. but everybody's so grateful and, like, no-one's moaning. Yeah, everybody's yeah, on yeah. the same team and it's it's a really, really lovely atmosphere. So for everything that, you know, it's taken away, coming back now slowly, I think it puts people in a slightly different mindset. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, anyway. definitely. I- how, speaking of being stood down, Greg, how long were you stood down for? How basically? No, wait a minute. How long were you filming for before you got stood down in March? Um, we were. Was it, that, it wasn't that long. I can't remember. It wasn't that long. No, it was probably the beginning of March. Like it was. It wasn't long at all. You know, we we just started to. We just really started, really. So it was probably the beginning of March. If you know, I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> But it was it wasn't that long at all, and then yeah, we got stood down. Because um, I remember how the scheduling had all that big stunt stuff at the reservoir through the beginning of April, and I was gearing mm. up for all of that. And then it was on my birthday, 
me and my girlfriend went out to the cinema and by the time the film had finished, I had like messages and emails saying, don't get on the plane, don't get on the plane because it's all stopped and that, you know, that was insane. And then we started filming again in September. So there was quite a big yeah. chunk like of, yeah. you know, because that was through all of the big lockdowns, wasn't it, and things. So yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. was really trying to figure out how everyone would open up with all this stuff going on. So yeah, that was crazy. But then you got you managed to get through that 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 second half going back, and it was it was pretty. I mean, not plain sailing, but as you say, all the the safety regulations were in place, and luckily no one got ill, and you managed to complete. And it, it seemed like quite a quick turnaround to get it onto our screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, I was quite surprised. Yeah, but as definitely. I say, I think it was the right time. I think it's what everybody needed. Yeah, yeah. Something a show that you know, makes people sit up and think and work for their story yes. instead of just being washed over or they can play on the phone and watch yeah. at the same time. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> no, you can't do it. You're going to lose a lot. Yeah. Um, were you were you shocked um, at Ryan's outcome or did you think, no, he's, he's had his time and that's it? Um, I had the lovely call from Jed um, about it. And, you know, yeah. you think, oh, my God, Jed Mercurio is calling me. And then you think, oh, hang on, Jed Mercurio is calling <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, bo- um, the boss doesn't ring for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I trust Jed completely. So, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll have the character go when it serves the story. So completely. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, like, everything has been a gift with him. So, you know, it, it is sad because you think, oh, you know, that's gone now. But... Like how it served the story, yeah, and how and and like he went out by Kate. Like you couldn't have asked for anyone better, could you? <laughs> no, if you're gonna go, I mean, she, you know, she's always involved with people's deaths. Yeah, I think there's something very suspicious about. Kate. Not <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, this is going to go out prior to Sunday night's season finale. Yeah. Um, so we can't give any spoilers. Yeah. But I've seen it a few times. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, you've seen it. I haven't seen it. Just haven't just seen from it, reading you, the scripts. However, you are aware of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to <laughs> word this um, in as clandestine way as possible. Yeah. Um, were you surprised? I think I'm always surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was really surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very shocked. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, Greg, it's been absolutely lovely catching up with you and to, to know that uh, the Ryan that we know on screens isn't the Greg <laughs> that uh, we, we were worried we might meet. <laughs> Thanks um, so much. <laughs> Mate, I wish you all the success for the future. And again, you know I mean it. Congratulations. I'm dead, dead proud of you. Thank you so much, man. And congratulations with everything you've been doing with all these podcasts. They've been fantastic. Like, obsessed with Lime As soon as the episodes finish, I'm straight on that. (laughs) So, yeah. Thank you, my friend. Look, all the best for the future. And uh, let's hope we can all get a big reunion. Yes. And uh, go to the pub in the sunshine in the summer. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Thank you, man. You take care, man. Take care. Bye. 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 And another episode is done. And that goes to show 
what an incredible actor Greg Piper is. Um, we've gone from screaming at the telly and saying how much we hate that Ryan Pilkington, the absolute psychopath. And he's a far cry from that awful scrow that he was on his bike in season one. Um, so all kudos to him. Um, yeah, I'm really chuffed. I just wanted you to hear what uh, a lovely, lovely gentleman he is, um, which is testament to him because we see on screen something completely different. Um, well, thanks so much for joining and subscribing and downloading and being here. And if you are new, there are a hell of a lot of you. You are more than welcome. Just go through the back catalogue. There's loads. If you're a huge Line of Duty fan, you may you want to check out the two-part epic episode with King Lenny James. Obviously, Martin Comston's there, Vicky McClaw's there, Eddie Dunbar's there, Tony Pitts is there, Neil Morris is there, um, Maya Sondi's there, rest in peace, Manit, wherever you are. Um, I'm going through them all. Uh, you know, we're going to have everybody on at some point, I'm sure. But it's not just about Line of Duty. There is everybody here. Do you like Supergrass? Then go and seek out the fantastic episode with Gaz Coombs. Niall Rogers live in conversation with an audience at Kendall Calling Festival in 2019. It was an absolute joy. Um, I've had messages uh, about the chef Gary Usher's episode recently. If you're heading back to restaurants, go and listen to Gary's episode. It is a thing of beauty. And he really does. He uh, he pulls no punches. It's a fantastic episode. Look, there's loads. There's varied. It's not just actors. It's creatives. It's poets. It's musicians. It's writers. Um, it's just interesting people. Look, we love what we do, myself and producer Griff. And you being here and shouting out on social media, on Twitter, we're at Two Shot Pod. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Say hello. Give us a like and tell a few friends. And if you're really loving them, these free podcasts that come out around the same time every week or around on a Thursday, that's for a month. If you feel you are able to support us for a month, for two months, for half a year, whatever you can afford, we are on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash two shot pod. You can just put a weekly donation in or a monthly donation, whatever you want, um, to help support doing what we do. It can be anything. It can be anything from as little as $1 there or thereabouts. It's the American system, don't worry. Uh, but we get the money, and it really helps us push. And we're going to get back on the road very, very soon uh, to meet people in person. I'm half jabbed up, so that's good news. Um, hopefully you will be too in the not too distant future, but I'm looking forward to getting back and doing face to face. And who knows by the end of this year, we might all be in the same room recording live podcasts with you, the great audience. How lovely would that be? Let's just think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be great. Okay. I've thought about it. It'd be fantastic. So look until next week, you take very good care of yourself, and I'll see you back here at the same time. Who's it going to be? I don't know yet. I haven't booked them. We'll find out. Until then, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff, and this has been the Two Shot Podcast.
Itaka. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. <laughs>